Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Rachel Young, a true crime goddess. Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. That one Facebook post that you tagged me in, that's the Queen song, but it's menopause. Holy crap, that's so funny. Keith, have you seen that one? You should grab I have it. not. You should grab it off of my page it's and put it up on our website. Bohemian Rhapsody, but it's um, a it's about uh, menopause and it is hilarious it's and kind of true yes it's funny because it's true for all the women of a certain age you'll really appreciate this video that i shared with vonnie the other day and women of the other certain age just prepare and get ready because it's coming because baby this is what it's gonna be you may be 26 now or 36 now but your future is hot and cold shit i'm living that right now same when I have to get up in the middle of the night and change my shirt, ugh, like, I hate it. Lately, I just take it off and throw it up and yeah. just pile on the bed and just go back to sleep. See, I, I don't I don't even, it doesn't even wake me up anymore. I, I've had it since I was like 30, so, because, you know, I had all my parts yanked out at 33. I've had the artificial, you know, I kind of get, because I'm getting to the age now where the doctor gives me the side eye when I ask him to refill my estrogen, and I'm not going to stop. And I, I understand the reason now why my grandmother and my aunt used to drive from Wyoming to Mexico twice a year. To get To estrogen. get estrogen. I now understand. Because of the side eye or because of price? Well, a combination is because once you reach a certain age, a doctor just won't prescribe it anymore. Yeah, they want to take you off of it. Yeah, but going off of it is miserable. Then you got to drive a JJ and your skin turns into paper. It's horrible. Quality of life goes to complete shit when you lose your estrogen. I'm all like, who wants to go to Mexico, man? Well, that's our next uh, book trip. That's right. <laughs> Fuck menopause. We're getting some Mexican estrogen pills. <laughs> Cheers. We're going to go see Carolina. And on the way, pick that's up. That's in Argentina. Well, I know, but you have to yeah, drive through Mexico. On the true. way, we could stop and get the good That's drugs. what I was going to say. We'll go see Carolina and on the way back, because I don't want to cross the border too many Jesus, times. Jesus, that's a pills. long <laughs> trip by car. Woo! I don't want to. Oh, but in Buenos Aires, they have that insane bookstore. Have you seen that thing <gasps> I online? I have. It's oh like my God. the world's largest or something. So yes. we could do that. And on the way back, we stop, get a bunch of estrogen. Oh. Good trip. Yes. I wonder how much, I wonder how much estrogen you can bring back by law. I wonder if they stop you at the border and frisky go, what are these pills? They're estrogen. Uh, Martha's going to have balloons. You just, you put the balloons and you, I mean, I don't even have to swallow them. Just put one under each boob, one under each pregnancy pouch and we'll be golden. We've got like four years there. Dude, they're going to check those places. You know where you got to stick that estrogen. Oh, man. Now they start well, if it's sticking not, hands you in know, crevices, they're going to. I should do it now before everything goes dry because, you know, getting it in and out of there without any estrogen is going to be pretty rough. 
Yeah. So we we better start making our trip to Mexico soon. You swallow and you stretch it out. it out before you, you all go. know that feeling of trying to go in dry. That is. Oh, I will have to say just one thing before you get into Shadow and Bone because what? oh geez, ordering clothes online. <gasps> Oh. oh my fucking god! I don't know why I have the worst luck in the whole world with ordering anything online, but I ordered a bunch of clothes from a store that specializes in plus sizes because you know I'm curvy. For anyone who doesn't know, look mm-hmm. curvy. And part of my order was canceled because by the time they filled it, they were out of the specific items. And then three of the things that I ordered were broken when I got them. Mm-hmm. Broken. And it's like You mean it's broken. It's clothes. How yeah, but broken? she ordered she ordered two pairs of sandals. Yeah, and both well, of the and sandals they came broken? They were broken. I went to put one of them on and one of the the seam was ripped. I went to zip up the zipper and the seam was ripped. I'm like, what Dude, the fuck? That's garbage. And then the other one, I went to put it on and one of the straps where it's into the seam was just flopping free. I'm like, are, are you kidding me? After she'd already been on, on the phone with customer service about the first pair. Yeah. Oh, no. And then the next day, she goes to wear the other ones, which were the same kind of sandal. Just a different just color. Just a different color. And they were wrong. The bra that I bought specifically to wear with the shirt that I wanted to wear to Tyler's graduation, I went to put it on, and the freaking clasp was broken. It's, yeah. very, it's very frustrating to try to order clothing online because... You really don't have any idea how it's going to fit. Yeah. Well, I've I've ordered, I've worn stuff from this store before, so I know how it fits. So mm-hmm. I know what sizes to buy. That's the only reason why I ordered online from them, because I already knew. Yeah. But then, yeah, I mean, the other stuff that I bought fits just fine. But over half my order was just crap. It, it's just very discouraging. Try to do something for convenience. And I just feel like in... This is just an observation that ordering clothes specifically online is more geared to thinner people than the thick-legged people. They have a plus size section in that yeah. one that I Yeah, but plus size doesn't mean the same thing as like small medium large. It has yeah, and more to do with small, your body shape, I guess. Right, small yeah. medium large extra large is different than like a 14 wide mm-hmm. is different than an extra large because of the way that it's shaped. Right. And so it's just really difficult to order anything when you're curvy because they automatically think when you order extra large that you're six five. Yeah, that you're tall. Yeah. For one thing. And that for women, you order extra large and they think that you have the shoulders of a five-year-old and the gut <laughs> of a 55 year old because you get him and you're like what is this i need more up here and less down here because <laughs> i have football yeah. player shoulders so i even when i order like extra large or 2x or whatever i get it and it never fits me in the shoulders and the we, boobs you know it what i think me. we need i think we need some serious sci-fi help here i think we need the body scan <laughs> You know, yeah. where you could just do, just run the your smartphone over your body and have it, you know, map out your dimension. Well, they have it where you can do it with furniture in your in your living so room. So why the fuck can't they do that with your with your body? So you should be you able know, to turn that camera around 
for clothes? Have you ever done the one for jeans? No. No. It, it is like a phone booth. Like it's a, like oh. a glass phone booth. You get in, it's, you have to turn around a bunch of times and it scans your body. And then it tells you what jeans would fit you best, the size and the store that you would go to to get them. Well, why the fuck don't we have that here? It's like the TARDIS, but for clothing. <laughs> I need a TARDIS for jeans. I can never where find I, jeans that fit Where do fit I go me. to stand in this thing? Well, okay. So my husband had a business trip to Boston and we went to like this classy mall and they had it and I've never seen it again. Like, God damn But wow. I mean, it's a so it exists though. Maybe I mean, they have one. In, hey, maybe they have one in Denver. Maybe. <gasps> we'll have to see. I don't know though. I don't know, know, though. I don't know if I... city? It's not like a Boston or a New York. Chicago might. We should ask our Chicago friends if they have them. I don't know if I want to get into a phone booth to tell me how fat I am. It's not about how fat you are. It's how that you don't have to go try on 10,000 fucking pair of jeans to find ones that fit. Do I, I have to get it that. naked? Because I look different in clothes than I do naked. I think yeah, it's, exactly. no, I think you, it you scans your dimensions. Yeah. yeah that's the thing. And here's what Bonnie was saying. When you're curvy and you have a little fluff, you look different when you're wearing clothes and you have things mushing things out of, I you will know, say portion, that yeah. I usually have a hard time and it did a really good job. Like I bought two of the pair of jeans and it has like a low to high kind of thing. Like, because I mean, it did suggest $179 pair of jeans, but it also suggested old Navy, which are what I bought. Cause you know, mom ain't made of money. (laughs) (laughs) The hardest Mm. thing was that they have like any store has so many weird things. Like old Navy has like, they had their pixie cut. I think it was called a pixie cut at the time. And this was when boot bootleg were big. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I had, I tried on different kinds of jeans in the size and no, that didn't work. You had to get the exact like cut and style that the machine said. Hmm. Huh. I don't know. Hey, it's like I- rocket science. I would totally do it though. Because everybody's body, everybody's body is so different. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you say, oh, well, she's a size six. No, it doesn't work that way. You put on a size six pair of jeans and it fits in one brand and it won't fit over your leg. In the other brand. And and then you put on a different brand and the waist gaps clear out. Well, even in the same store, like I have a store I shop at all the time and in like one kind of like they have a bombshell jean and I fit in a different size and I fit in their like skinny jean. And then like they have all different types of jeans and they're all skinny jeans, but they all have weird names. Like yeah. one is this and one's this other thing and they all fit different. It's like, what are you doing to me, guys? Well, what they're trying to do is they're trying to give every woman the perfect pair of jeans. Unfortunately, the Ashley (laughs) jean doesn't fit anybody but Ashley. Yeah. Well, and and I understand that it's just too expensive for stores to make a whole bunch of jeans in every specific cut because they have a very select group of people. But I know that I used to go to one store and they had something called... Um, a curvy cut where it was not necessarily bigger in the waist but bigger in the ass and yeah. the legs 
And those fit me so well. And now I can't find any jeans like that at that store. And that's the other thing. They keep discontinuing the things you like and bringing Mm -hmm. out new things. And you're like, where are these jeans that I love? Yeah. Yeah. They they do that no matter what. Every fucking year, (laughs) you know. I'm, I'm to the point now where if I find a pair of jeans that fit, I buy several pair. Yeah, me too. Because you might not find them again. I know. Yeah. I mean, I seriously, the jeans that I'm wearing right now, I paid 50 bucks for these jeans. 50 and that's, bucks is not that bad. That's expensive. I usually it don't is expensive, spend yeah. that much on jeans, but they fit me and they're good quality mm-hmm. jeans. It's just, I mean, shit, you just mm-hmm. can't find anything. So difficult. But at least, hey, Which is, here's the bright side. At least we're shopping for clothes. <laughs> Which means that we get to leave our houses. Oh, no. These are. They I really them, need I'm to start home. opening up the dressing rooms, though. When that happens, yeah. I'll be happy. Yeah. I don't like that. They've opened up dressing rooms here. Here they have not yet. Hmm. I was sad. Hey, Keith, I saw on the news today that somebody in Pennsylvania won that $500 million lottery. So I'm just saying. You need to show us some love because I know it was you. Okay, now wait a minute. Was it, you know, okay, this is really funny. Like just yesterday, my husband and I were at a gas station. This woman came out of the gas station, looked at something, went, woohoo, and got into her car and like drove off real quick. And I looked at my husband and I was like, dude, she must have been real happy with her purchase. And he was like, I bet she won money in the lottery or something. And I, oh, my God. How, how funny would that be if it was somebody from your town? Oh, my God. I just heard that this morning. I was like, ooh, somebody in Pennsylvania won. I'll have to message Keith. I'm like, hey, bestie, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> now that you won the lottery, can you please move to Oklahoma? <laughs> we need a sponsor for our podcast. <laughs> you want to hear something very sad? My husband, we don't play the lottery. And we argue about it sometimes because he thinks he would love to like win like 50 million dollars and i'm the kind of person that's like i would like a hundred thousand i don't want very much more than that because then you've got people coming out of the woodwork and you don't know what to do with your money and i like don't want the hassle i want to win like enough to like float me for a year that's all i want no, I want more than a hundred thousand. I don't want much more than that. You know what, Keith? That's one <laughs> of the reasons you guys are like, screw it. <laughs> See, I've got it all figured out. If 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 we win the lottery, the very first thing you do before you tell anybody else is you get a lawyer and you put mm-hmm. them in charge under a foundation of so that's the contact person, and nobody else knows. You don't tell anybody you won the fucking lottery because if you do, people will come out of the woodwork. Or you At just some point you, you just stay to, strong. You? You're like, no. I'm sorry. No. Did you talk to me when I was poor? Then why the fuck are you talking to me now? Exactly. Okay. So well, wait, then like, you can you, be in charge. <laughs> I'm now, a is that a state by state thing? It, there I are, thought you had to like no, claim you, it and no, post you have your name to. and stuff. You do have you to. You do have to, but you you set everything up in advance with your lawyer and you find out what the law is in your state because there are some states that allow you to remain anonymous. Nice. I don't right. think Oklahoma is one of them though. But I don't know that you I don't could, feel I don't, like PA is I don't one know either. that you have to show your face. 
I'm not yeah. sure. You maybe don't have to say show your face, but they will release your name to the public, to the um, media. Once you claim you the know, ticket. There's a- Right. Once There's a lottery curse. But guys, I mean, if you're real smart, what you could do, you go to your lawyer, you change your name legally, then you claim the money so that the person that won the lottery is in no way related to you. You claim it in the new name or the... Yeah, in the new name. Okay. Yeah, that but the way- ticket's bought in the other name. No, because you... It, there's no name on it until you claim it. Uh, so if you have a winning ticket, that's just a whole lot of freaking work. I mean, if it's I that love- big, just learn how to say no. <laughs> I'm just saying, learn how say to say no. no. I can't. I can say no. I can't. Say I love I my can't. family, but if you haven't talked to me in five years and you come to me after I've won money, yeah, that's no. right. No. no, fuck no. If I didn't know you before, I don't need to know you now. Mm-mm. Dude, people would be suing me. They'd be like, I lent her $25 at high school. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. Is your book anything about money by chance? Actually, it is. <gasps> it is kind of about money, but it's about an inheritance and not winning the lottery. Hey, inheritance, that works. Because if you but, win the lottery, then your kids will inherit. Exactly. How much do they get? Like a lot? Well... It's a little more, you know, it's not a straight road to the inheritance. I mean, because that would be way too easy. Okay, so the book that I read is called The Address by Fiona Davis. And I don't know if anybody remembers, but I've read a couple of books by her. And it's historical fiction, but what she she does kind of a different twist on it, which I like. And she bases her historical fiction around... A building because I don't know if you remember uh, the Lions was about the New York City Library and, and this is the same thing it's centered around a old hotel called the Dakota and I'm pretty sure the Dakota is where John Lennon was shot yes. just to give you some mm, yes. history on the building so it is an actual building that's in New York it starts out It has a split timeline because that's what she likes to do is the split timeline. And it starts out in 1884 in, I believe it's Britain, but overseas. And uh, this lady named Sarah is a manager at this hotel. And Theodore Camden, who is one of the architects who built the Dakota, meets her at this hotel that she works in in England and likes her so much that he actually pays for her to fly to New York so that she can manage this hotel for him. That's not even open yet. So, and obviously they hit it off. They have a little bit of a spark, but Theodore Camden is married. Uh Uh-oh. So there's only, I'm just going to leave it at that. Theodore Camden is married. And, And she's a very, I mean, she's English. She's proper. You know, she tries to keep the line and everything else then you kind of go a hundred years into the future and you meet Bailey Camden who is kind of poor she is fresh out of rehab for alcoholism and she basically loses her job because of the way that she acted from 
the alcohol. She's an interior designer. And I guess there was a party and she was not very nice to the clients. <laughs> and then went to rehab. And of course, when she got out, she went back to her job. And they said, you know, I'm sorry, but if we hired you back, we're going to lose all these clients because of the way that you treated them, yada, yada. She loses her job. Then you find out that Bailey Camden has some very rich cousins who are twins. The only one that really has a lot, a big part in the book is Melinda, the girl twin, the boy twin, which I can't remember his name. He like went off to go find some artists or I don't know. He's out of the picture. Melinda Camden is your typical rich, spoiled, snobby, Paris Hilton kind of character, <laughs> basically, ah. and spends money, you know, like it's water. And she's friends with Bailey, but she's kind of friends with Bailey, but is always putting herself or making comments and making it seem like she's so much better than Bailey and that Bailey should be happy that she even associates with her because Bailey's poor, you know, that kind of thing. And out of the quote unquote goodness of her heart, she gives her a job um, as interior designer because she's trying to revamp the Dakota to try to make it more modern. Of course, you know, it kind of goes back and forth between the story between Sarah Smythe and Bailey Camden. And you find out more about Sarah and Theo's relationship and how she's trying to keep it, you know, professional, but he's like inviting her to like these events and like, you know, parties and just to try to get closer to her and so on and so forth. And so, you know, all that's happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, when you have a guy trying that hard and the woman who's obviously attracted to him, you know what's going to happen eventually. So, hmm, imagine that. And so, you know, it all takes on a new twist. And Sarah starts like not feeling well and going through like these feigning spells. And she's not sure what exactly is going on. And well, they think, of course, any woman who goes through any kind of feigning spells or something at this time, they think that she's as she's sleeping around. And she's young, not using protection. You know that the fainting smells are probably because she's in a family way. Did you say fainting smells? Fainting spells. Thank you. Fainting, <laughs> fainting spells. Well, um, they think that she is having a nervous breakdown and send her to an insane asylum. Jeez. Jeez. Don't faint. God, right. Exactly. And so you just, you don't know whether it's like, them just trying to get her out of the way or or what exactly is going on. It's very confusing on where the story is going by the time that she goes to the, the asylum. And at the same time, you're going back and forth with Bailey's story and Melinda's redoing this hotel in like the tackiest, gaudiest way possible. I mean, wanting to put up like bamboo walls and like all of this weird shit that she had seen some celebrity had and I, I, I don't know which is really strange but then when Bailey goes down to the storage unit to try to save some of these items from the hotel that Melinda's just wanting to throw away 
she finds Sarah's old luggage and starts going through it and finds different things. So she starts learning the history behind Theo and Sarah's situation. And then at the same time that she starts to find out all of this, she starts questioning her own parentage and thinks that maybe she has some kind of part and is a blood relative to the Camdens so that she should be, yeah, she should have part of the inheritance. She should be entitled to part of the inheritance too. Damn. Because in the will, it's willed out, the state is willed out to all blood relatives. Where's my money? Right, but she, her dad was actually just... um in the care of the Camdens. He was like adopted into the Camdens. He wasn't a blood relative of the Camdens is why she's not a part of the inheritance now. But then she starts wanting DNA tests and all of a sudden Melinda's not her friend anymore because she thinks that Bailey's after her and her money. And she's like, no, I don't want to take your money. I just want to know what my, you know, parentage is. And I want to know if, you know, I'm entitled to any of it. I mean, she's not trying to take it away from her. But of course, you know, she wants her pound of flesh. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, this was a very interesting book. Um, I kind of guessed a little bit of how it was going to end, but how it got to the ending wasn't exactly what I thought it would be. Mm. It was a little bit different because um, and I'm not giving anything away because this is right in the summary of the book. You find out that Theo is killed by a mental patient who used to work at the hotel. Golly. In the summary of the book, he is stabbed. Damn. Yeah. So hmm. it was interesting. It was a really good book. I mean, I've read stuff by this author before, and I like her writing style. And this one, before I've always kind of questioned like the timeline that she uses. This one was definitely more straightforward or I just didn't pay that much attention to it. Mm. I think I just didn't try. I didn't even try. And that's what gets me is when I try too hard to make it logical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, her timeline in this is fine. There's no, there was no doubt in my mind that this was fine. But yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it. And it was interesting to find the backstory of the hotel and interesting, I mean, I don't know if somebody from a mental institution actually stabbed one of the architects from the, the Dakota or not. But, I mean, you still find out history about the actual building itself and about a little bit about New York City. Because when they first built the Dakota, there was nothing around it. New York City kind of caught up with it. Mm. And that was really interesting also. So, yeah, it was a really good read. I enjoyed it. Awesome. And that was called The Address by Fiona Davis. It actually sounds like something I might even like. It was pretty good. I mean, it's not very romancy. It really is not. But it was good. It sounded twisty. Twisty. It was twisty. I mean, you might not like it because you can figure out some stuff that's going oh, to happen. Yeah. And I know yeah. that you don't like that. You yeah, like to I be don't. completely surprised. I do. But I actually enjoyed the journey, even though. Yeah. Even though you're kind of like, well, this is where it's going to end up. But how it ends up there is different than what I thought. Because mm. when I read the summary, I was like, 
What? He gets stabbed by a mental patient? Hmm. How did that happen? <laughs> Why are we handing out knives to the mental patient? <laughs> right. Here, welcome back to the hotel. Have a knife on us. <laughs> Here's your Bowie knife. It's for the steak no later. Yeah. <laughs> Got some gristle in there. Yeah. Right, show. Uh, you got a nice stabby so, book for us? Stabby, stabby. You know, my book this week is it definitely, it's it's not heartwarming. It's not poignant. Oh, it's not any of it. <laughs> and, it, and it, it's, I wouldn't necessarily say it's stabby, but, and it's, I'm gonna, it's gonna be very vague for a reason because even the description that is given on the book, I can't really give anything away, especially because the book is actually pretty short. Um, so this book is called Second Skin by Christian White. Um, and so we actually follow a couple different main characters and their stories collide but one of the main characters, his name is Stan. And very, very quick, very quickly, Stan suffers some very traumatic losses. And then about nine years later, his life sort of takes a turn when he meets this nine-year-old girl. And uh... Things. No, no, no. It's nothing like that. Okay. I was afraid. And I was um, like, oh. It honestly, it was, it was a book that you kind of. Um, so this little girl essentially is experiencing what's described as past life memories, right? So it honestly, it has a lot, and it's said in the description too. It reminded me of a Stephen King almost novella. Um, I, it was, re but it was a very complete story. It doesn't leave you hanging on anything really, but, um, but it had those twists and turns. And I thought it was going to go completely one way, but man, did it did it then slap you with kind of real life, and you're like, yeah, that would totally happen. And it was, I wish I could say more about it without giving anything away, but I really can't. It just, if you're looking for, it was only about four and a half hours long. So it was really. Wow, that is short. Mm -hmm. It's like half it, a book. Yeah. Um, but it was a very complete story. And it, I mean, it was really sad in a lot of ways. And the characters were actually pretty well developed, especially Stan and some things that go on. There are some trigger warnings in there. They do, they talk about death and suicide and things like that. So it's not a warm and fuzzy for sure. Cause that's, that doesn't really tend to be my thing unless I'm reading a romance. <laughs> but, um, we're either, we're either dying or procreating, but. Um, <laughs> dying, or dying or fucking. <laughs> that was where my head went. But if you're looking just for kind of a good afternoon hey i gotta clean the house read and to, something to really keep your attention or maybe you have just a four-hour car ride or something i i would highly highly recommend this i got it off audible um i'm not sure if that's the only place it's available but it is um specifically from them but but yeah like i said it won't give you warm and fuzzies but <laughs> it was definitely an interesting uh twisty story so again that was second skin by Christian White. Awesome, Keith. Okay, fine. I'll bring warm and fuzzies. Okay. That's what I do. do. Okay, 
So the book warm and fuzzies with some penis. <laughs> <laughs> or a, how about how about a warm and fuzzy? I want to put that on a t-shirt. How about a warm and fuzzy penis? That seems messy. I feel like if you have a fuzzy penis, there's something wrong with it. <laughs> you need some penicillin for that shit. Yeah. It's grown its own penicillin yeah. if it's fuzzy. <laughs> That's more like a zombie book. That's just getting into my wheelhouse there. All right, Keith, sorry. <clears throat> okay, so the book... <laughs> So the book <laughs> I read is called Talk Bookish to Me by Kate Bromley. That's a great uh, title. And this book is... What are you guys doing to me? It's a good title. <laughs> it is. I'm not being funny. I missed your title. What is your title? No, yours. Your title. Yours. Oh, I thought you made up a, no. a penis title. No. Okay. No, you know what? Anytime it has book in the title, like, I want to read it because I'm just that lame. But I like, I like the title, too. Uh, so Kara is a romance writer and she has, so she's written like seven books. So she's, she's pretty popular. Like she's not making a million dollars or anything, but she's popular as far as romance writers go. And her next deadline is only a month away and she hasn't written anything. So she's kind of freaking out a little bit. And her best friend is getting married in a week and she's the maid of honor. So she has all this shit to do for the wedding. And it's one of those weddings, and I don't understand this at all because I'm from Pennsylvania where they don't do this, but it's like a week of festivities kind of thing. So all the people involved, thank you, Rachel, for looking confused. So all the people involved, like all the groomsmen and stuff, like all come up for a whole week to do wedding stuff. No, no, no. <laughs> the only reason I- we're celebrating for that long is my birthday. Right. <laughs> I mean, if I ever get married so, again, yeah. you guys are going to be lucky to be invited. That's all I'm saying. What? We'll send you a nice card saying, <laughs> hey, where the fuck was my invitation? Yeah. Instead of save the date, I'm just going to send the date that's already passed everybody. <laughs> get, now give me a fucking present. <laughs> right. When Keith's done with her book, I have the the funniest and sort of sad thing related to that remind me and I'll tell you about wedding. Okay. Yes. Go ahead, Keith. So for, so all the groomsmen are coming up and uh, the, the groom is from North Carolina and he has all these friends there. So, and they're in New York. So they haven't met most of these guys or so they think, because of course the main character, Kara, her first love in college turns out to be one of the groomsmen oh, she hasn't seen him in 10 years they broke up pretty badly but you don't know exactly what happened you just know that things did not go well and in that ever popular trope of like being forced together and sharing a place so he has a hotel room but he also has this wonderful lovable dog who has extreme anxiety issues he leaves the dog alone without playing the dog it's lullaby playlist and making sure the dog falls asleep first you gotta be kidding me dude wow that's so more than i even do dog, for echo <laughs> dude this dog is hysterical so the dog tears up the hotel and of course the guy gets kicked out so he wants to stay with the bride and the groom and the bride is like oh my god oh my god please no please kara save me and kara being 
a complete doormat and weird, like says, okay, fine. Um, Ex-boyfriend who I don't like anymore and who we had this terrible falling out. You can come stay with me with your dog for a week. Let me say, the dog's name is Duke. How do you not love a romance with a crazy ass dog in it? Like this dog is Didn't like- Didn't you have something about crazy ass dogs in the last yeah, one you read? Dude, this is, okay. So romance books have to have a crazy dog. If they have a crazy dog, that makes me just happy. And I'm a cat person generally, but as long as the dog has some sort of weird anxiety issues where it needs a lullaby playlist- I'm all for it. Quit rolling your eyes, Martha. Um, You're not going to read it anyway. <laughs> I can't help it. Go ahead. One of the really fun things about the book is because Kara is a romance writer, it she writes her she writes historical romances. So she writes her book as you're reading the modern romance. And it's like over the top Bridgerton kind of like the Duke and the Earl and so it's it's one of those books within a book thing. So that's fun. But, you know, it, it's the basic, they're forced together. So they kind of, you, they work through and they talk about what the issues were. And of course, it's one of those things where everybody kind of sees the, saw the situation in a different way. So you're learning why they broke up as they're figuring out how the other person felt about it kind of thing. It was a cute book though. It's, it's done really well. The book inside a book thing is hysterical because she's, she's just very over the top with her historical romance. And she bases it on her relationship now. Like he's her muse. So anytime he does something, then it's like, and bodice rips. (laughs) So the bodice ripper kind of book. Yup. So yeah, it's, it was a cute book. I liked it a lot. Duke is the best thing about it, in my opinion, because he is the funnest little bulldog ever. Oh, and he's I a totally bulldog. want one. He is. He's mm-hmm. a sad, pathetic bulldog who can't be left alone f- for nothing. Aww. And who snores and is just really needy. Uh, but that book was Talk Bookish to Me by Kate Bromley. I mean, I don't want to read the romance, but I want to read about the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, the dogs just make it. Whenever you have a crazy pet, it just makes it so happy. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) She said pet. It could be a cat. Could be an alien. Could be a crazy I'm waiting for somebody to have a crazy-ass parrot that says all sorts of, like, belligerent things. Hey, I had a book like that once. I did. So see? But it was really cool because it was all about this parrot who lived to be, like, 70 years old and got passed around to all these different homes and stuff. Oh, see, I want to read that. That was a cool book. I, gonna, I reviewed it on the say, podcast. If they don't write that book, I want to read it. I reviewed it on the podcast. I'll have to look it up. I don't remember oh the title God. right now. Gosh, yeah. I, I do believe it's my Your turn. It's my yes. turn. Do you I, know what book you're, what I, you're doing? I do. I think I'm going to stick with the old classic sci-fi and the book that every single person in the sci-fi community is reading right now. Even some of the people that are not in the sci-fi community are reading this book. And that's because it is written by the same guy who wrote The Martian. Oh. Ah. Mm-hmm. And it is called Hail Mary by Andy Weir. And it takes place in space. 
which of course is one of the reasons that I liked it. Of course it did. Yes, of course it did. It took place in space. My turn to roll my eyes. That's right. Roll away, baby. So on Mars, like it does it have anything to do with the Martian? It does not. It does not have anything to do with it. But it has a lot of things in common with the Martian in that the main character for the good first part of the book is by himself in space. He's on a spaceship. He wakes up. He's been in a coma for four years or something. And the rest of his crew, which I think there were three other people on there with him, and they're all dead. So it's just him left. And slowly he comes back to himself and remembers little pieces of... So, so you get that kind of experience of him rediscovering who he is and what he's doing out there. We basically find out that his name is Ryland Grace, and he, he d- rediscovers that he is on a mission to save Earth. Something has happened. Now, here's the thing. Let me explain this to you first. This book made me feel so incredibly stupid. <laughs> I mean, like, unbelievably stupid. It's like I couldn't comprehend three quarters of the crap this guy was talking about because I didn't do very well in school. Now I love science. Don't get me wrong. That didn't put me off at all. I mean, I could probably go back and learn some shit from this if I wasn't so, you know, entranced in the story, which is really all I cared about. But there was a lot of science in this book, a lot of problem solving, a lot of really tedious. I mean, if honestly, I had to turn up the speed on it to get through some of it because it did go on quite a bit. That's really my only the thing that I did not like about the book. You got to be honest. But just when I thought I was going to say, fuck this book. He meets an alien. (laughs) But it's not just an alien. It's an alien that is so alien that he has to establish ways of communicating. He has to establish a way that they can interact. So that's the uh, that's and more problem solving, more more trying to figure stuff out. So that's basically what it, what the book is, is just trying to figure out this huge problem. The problem, the reason the Earth sent this ship in the first place is that something really weird bizarre thing is attacking the sun and making the sun go dark Mm. it's it's like a don't ask me to explain it because it's like very sciencey but just suffice it to say that they sent him out to figure this problem out and send information back to earth to try to save everyone Sounds like a... Is he alone on the ship? He's... Well, he wasn't initially. You know, there were three other people on the ship. They had to send him out. And it took four years to get there. And they put everybody in a coma to get out there. And the other three people didn't survive the coma. So he's he's on his own out there. And it turns out that the alien had 23 people on his ship. And they all died. And he's out there for the same reason. Trying to figure out this problem. It was an excellent book. Like I said, there were a few issues that I personally had with it because I'm just not that smart. I mean, I'd like to be that smart. It would be awesome to have understood all of those things. And I'm sure there are people who who are, 
who do understand. I know it's going to make a fantastic movie because they won't have to explain most of it. And it had a pretty good ending, really. So overall, it was a pretty good book. And I would recommend it, especially if you're into sci-fi. But if you are not into science and you don't like space, don't read the book because it's not for you. It's called Hail Mary by Andy Weir. I feel stupid like that when I try to read Scott Turow. Like, I really like him, but oh, he yeah. talks a lot of loy, loy, law things. Lawyer speak. And, um, yeah, and, and then I, like, start, and then I start being like, okay, just tell me, like, what you're looking for. And he's like, oh, subpoena and thing. And then I'm like, and now I'm an idiot. And you're glazing <laughs> over going. Yes. And then I have to go back because I'm like, wait. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Did I lose a plot point in all that lawyer well, stuff? Well, this is some seriously deep ass, complicated science. Not just your regular science. We're talking about really serious. And it's like real science that he didn't make up. Or no, anything. he didn't make it up. I mean, it's this just, guy is yeah. famous for being he is. The other thing that made the book cool is that he's not a superhero type science guy who gets put on the spaceship. He's a sixth grade science teacher. Oh my gosh. And he just has, he just happened to be the one that figured it out, you know? Hmm. And because he figured it out and was able to figure out a way to kill it, they ended up, he ended up being the guy. So it was cool because all in through the whole thing, he's missing his kids that were in his class but he didn't have any kids of his own or a family of his own or anything. So anyway, it was kind of cool. Awesome. I see a lot of parallels between The Martian yes. and that book. And Yeah, nobody ever lives. They always leave them alone. Yeah, I know. And I did, I did not like The Martian. Full disclosure, I did not like it. I did not like the book. The movie was okay. But I that did was not, what I was going to I did not ask. like the book. I did not like it at all it was too samey for me because he's just the one guy and he's just figuring shit out and i got so bored hmm. it's hard when there's only one character i know and i it, always wonder how people make that work like and if there hadn't been the addition of the alien i would have been out i i almost dnf'd it because i just i like I like the interaction in books. I don't read a book to read a diary, but it kept moving pretty good. I have to say that that he did a much better job in this one than he did in The Martian. And I know a lot of people like The Martian. Don't send me hate mail. Well, so, you know, Bonnie made that joke that, you know, if I ever get married again, you guys will get a card stating, hey, this isn't my I'm getting married date. This is when I got married. Yeah. Just letting you know, FYI. My boss. And I love my boss. She and I have worked together before she was my boss, right? We started together almost nine years ago. And at the time, her youngest, her son was in high school. So, you know, I've kind of known her since he's grown up and gone to college and all this stuff. And he's been with his girlfriend through her being his girlfriend and having a baby and being, you know, engaged and buying a house and all this stuff, right? Well, and so a couple of weeks back, my boss says to me, well, he got married and I said oh and she goes well none of us were invited and I found out after what no one was there no one knew about nothing doesn't that have a name right no they went to the courthouse in their town well that's sort of like eloping I mean you can elope that way 
just yeah, go I get married. It's just when you don't invite anybody, isn't it? Sort I of. Get, I kind don't know. Of. It's, it's when and you... Don't you have to have a witness? Who witnessed Well, you it? have a witness, but that's usually only one couple that has to yeah. witness. I mean, if you took... Say, for example, if... Let's just use our boys. Right. Okay. Let's say one of them decides that they want to oh. just do a quickie, so they, they grab the girlfriend one of them grabs the girlfriend and the other one the one that's going to be the wife and they go to the courthouse they sign the paperwork and that's all you have to do yeah the wedding is just trappings for other people was the mom mad i would be a little upset i know right and so okay my boss is she's so she's the sweetest lady and she only wants whatever makes her kids happy but i have to imagine and i think she was a little hurt like you know I'm sure you want to see your kids get married and it isn't that they have a bad relationship or anything. I guess they're just fiercely private, Mm -hmm. but it was just kind of like, Oh, you know, like not even parents or anybody. It was just the two of them. And I don't know. I don't know. I got it. Here's the thing. This is why I don't like big weddings because when I got married the first time, I wanted a small wedding. I, I just wanted, you know, something small. He wanted to get married in his church. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I want to do it on a weekday so that a lot of people don't come. I really don't even want to wear a wedding dress. I'll just wear whatever I wear to work that day and just go get married. I didn't want a big thing. But then, you know, he yeah. told his mom and then she wanted me to wear her the wedding dress. And then it turned into like this big thing. And I'm like, I don't even have time to invite my family from out of state for this. That's one of the reasons why I didn't want a big thing because none of my family was going to be there. And it turned into a big thing and his mom just kind of took over. I made her cry the day before the wedding. I made him so mad he actually got out of the car in the middle of the highway and started walking. And I had to go around the car and get in the driver's side and drive home. I mean, it, it was just a, it was a whole mess and it was just a whole lot of hoopla for one freaking day. You spend way too much money that you just don't even have. I mean, it, why? I get it. I, we had a small court courthouse wedding and, you know, I mean, I get that. But to not like tell anybody to How not would even we tell? feel if our boys did that. Come on now. Tyler would tell me, hey, mom, I'm just going to let you know that I'm about to go to courthouse, and get married. You don't have to be there. Just letting you know and she totally supported them like you know that was their decision whatever i mean she wasn't mad at them but yeah it's her only son god that would hurt my feelings i have to admit well i know that that's a little extreme not even telling anybody but i mean i would tell you guys if i was gonna get married but it also sounds like they were in a very established relationship right oh very so so. i mean a lot of time, it seems like a lot of people, like, uh, if this next generation coming up, the marriage, the, the marriage part is just like the piece of paper and who cares? Like, it's all the other stuff that you celebrate, yeah. like the child and the housewarming and, yeah. right. you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. now some people like, yeah, well, yeah, I wouldn't either. Some but. people like the big weddings. My niece is fixing to get mar- married in like October, I think. And just from some of the planning and some of the pictures that I've seen of the things that going into this wedding, it's going to be one of those big hoopla weddings. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't necessarily, I don't 
want that. I don't like that in any part of my life. I just don't make a big deal out of see any of it. Honestly, I didn't want it either. I mean, I, I wanted to go to Las Vegas and get married, but Ron's family's very Catholic and and we we had to have a church wedding. Yeah. I wanted to I because it's different when I mean, as a what I do for a living is very public. It's very out in the open, but it's all an act. It's not who I really am. And as mm-hmm. as a person who I really am, I'm very shy about that. As an introvert, you yes. don't want. And it just terrified me. If you look at the video of when I got married, I was terrified the entire time. To make <laughs> matters worse about my wedding, fucking started my period the day of my wedding, too. <gasps> Like the day of I started. So, you know, besides making everybody cry the day before, I was crampy and miserable and bloaty. And then I had to work all day. Then I had to go get married that night. And it's like, oh, my fucking God, this day is never going to end. I had bronchitis. (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for that. Like we're at the prayer altar. And every time I had to bow my head, you could see me going. Sorry, honey. Oh, it's just it's not. It's no big deal. I had like so. so thank happy. God I had on long sleeves because I had so many handkerchiefs <laughs> up my sleeve. I was just like, okay, I was picturing that. I was picturing this the sleeve wipe. Oh my God! It was... <laughs> it's a good thing I was wearing gloves. Really wanted to test out that <laughs> sickness and health thing, but we're gonna start right now, bro. You're not getting laid on your honeymoon. You're gonna bring me soup and take care of myself. Yes. Well, this is yeah. how it's going to work from this day forward. You know, my husband wasn't getting laid since I started my period that day. <laughs> I was like, just don't even fucking touch me. <laughs> you know, funny enough, though, just a little helpful tip. And because I gave some helpful information last time I was on. Um, if you have sex while you're on your period, it can actually help relieve your cramps. Yeah, but that means he would have to touch me, and I don't want anyone to touch me when I'm on my period. Yeah, Yeah, that's um, why you need your B.O.B. It's also... Talk about a water slide down there. Holy shit. Yeah, it's also a little (laughs) known fact that uh, men are twice as likely to die if they try to touch you while you're on your period. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's dangerous. (laughs) You're going to regret that you got me that conceal and carry license for our wedding present. (laughs) Nice gun, honey. Thank you. Now back off. Get on your fucking side of the bed now. (laughs) I think on that note, that's going to do it for... Three Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.